Hello, everybody. Jerry Schwartz here with Wilson Capron and uh, our very first podcast. We don't know what we're going to call it. Uh, mornings with Willie or Mornings with Willie and Carrie or Mornings or I don't know. We haven't decided yet. Schwartzy, so. it can't be all mornings with Willie. we got to include you somehow. So we'll Yeah, I don't know. We'll come up with some trick and fancy name or something. So Yes. Just anyway. like us. Fancy, right? Oh, yeah. Real fancy. We'll prove that's that wrong here in just a bit. Nothing but fancy. That's right. People are probably shocked to know that I ride a rough out saddle and not a single flower on it. Hey, plumber's sink is always clogged up, man. That's all there is to it. That's that's part of the problem there, yes. That's part you of should, the problem. You should see the spurs that I've used for years and years, man. Holy... I, they're bad. They're real bad. But they were made in... Man, several years after I left Greg, right? 2001, two, three, somewhere. Terrible. It's all right. I can't afford the damn things I make now. So the oh, most well. salient question of the day, Mr. Wilson. Uh-huh. Why are we doing this? Got no freaking earthly idea. <laughs> No. Like we need something more to do. We just are uh, sitting around bored to tears, and uh, we need something more to do. Is that it? That's it, I guess, because uh, Lord knows we have all this free time on our hands, right? No, you know, I've thought a lot about it. And when you asked me to do this, I said, man, you're freaking crazy. Just like Patreon, right? Here we are on Patreon. I, you Patreon followers, I, Carrie said, you got to get on this, Willie. I said, Carrie, you're a dumbass. I ain't going to do this shit. <laughs> That's stupid. I'm not going to sit around trying to tell people how to do this stuff. And, and then all of a sudden, what? It took you six months, and now here I am. And I'll be flat out honest i mean vulnerability right exposing ourselves and and success you people are paying my pickup for me that's awesome i love helping y'all right (laughs) (laughs) makes my pickup payment yeah makes my pickup payment and it and it's uh there's so much positive about patreon i'm super excited and some for some weird way here i am excited about doing this podcast and and uh, as i've thought about it uh I'm like, why am we? Why am I doing this? Why do I want to do that? And I, so, I think it boils down to this: to answer your question, so many conversations we've had over the last fifteen, eighteen years as we've known each other. Man, I wish I rec- could have recorded it right, and and that we could have gone back and listened to it, and not necessarily to share with the world how smart we are, because I think it's quite the opposite. We'll prove to a lot of people how unsmart we are, but man, so I could go back and listen to it myself and say, Hey, what did Carrie say there? Or what, what was our train of thought? Cause as people find out about this podcast, we're liable to get sidetracked. Right. But I'm so glad that we can record some of this stuff. Well, we're many of us, maybe you excluded from this equation, but most craftsmen artists are kind of introverts. And so we live in this little isolated cell I guess you're that way too, because you work by yourself. You ain't got no employees or anything and and stuff. So, what interaction do wow. we have out there? And uh, I got, and I a, got lot two of, dogs a lot of interaction. The, the discussion, like you said, on the phone and in person, we see each other at least a couple times a year. So we get to spend a little bit of time and and uh, 
it's shared adversity, isn't it? I mean, we're in the same kind of business. We're self-employed. We got some of the same kind of challenges. We're 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 into functional art, all this kind of stuff. So there's a there's a shared adversity there. We have all that in common. Of course, you and I connect on many many other levels, mm-hmm. and uh, so why not let people, as introverts in some sense of the word, let other people into our world? And uh, if there's some value there, great. If there's not, that's, that's okay too. That's okay too. So, it, it, it there, there's value in it for me. And and uh, to to create an excuse to talk to you once a week is really exciting in a lot of ways. I'm excited to see what comes out of it. And, and uh, the challenge of this podcast will be me shutting up long enough for you to talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I just got to get bring my pocket full of nickels and put a nickel in every few minutes, and away we go. <laughs> so yeah, well, you got to you got to shut up, Willie. Uh, is there a little flag on here where you can raise your hand, like some of them Zoom calls that we have? You know, you raise your hand. <laughs> time to I want to say something, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> you give me a hard time on those Zoom calls with the TCAA. You need to say something. You need to say more stuff. And yeah, oh, I. I'm kind of got this church mouse thing going on, and I don't say a whole lot. I try to, but if somebody else said something, as I would have said, I don't need to say it again. Oh, I don't have, to, I don't have to have the microphone. Some asshole like me is interrupting, saying what you should be saying. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I'm excited. I am. Uh... I I'm not I don't know we're gonna have to learn who's leading and who's dancing on this deal here but um, you have something that I think is very interesting that happened yesterday on a podcast and and oh, your own little podcast and and uh, these is how listeners this is how so many of mine and Carrie's conversations have gone is is uh, he's done something and he shares and uh, man it gets the old brain tweaking and twerking and so tell us what went on yesterday I'm very curious to hear. Well, I, I've got my own, another little podcast endeavor going on that I've got going on my own Patreon page. And uh, just uh, nothing happens very fast around my outfit, as everybody knows, I think. Uh, so this is an idea that's had had legs. I got a whiteboard over here to my left, says podcast on there. I think it's probably been on there for a year. Well, it took me a year to get things going with it, so I've got, I think, three episodes recorded, one with Wilson, so I got it on my Patreon page. I guess you're going to have to subscribe there at the $5 a month deal in order to take advantage of that, so uh, a little bit of an unapologetic um, plug for Patreon there, but but I did uh, listen to a webinar here with... uh, Dr. Stephen Peters and Martin Black here, oh, I don't know, earlier this month, month of February. And uh, wh- what kind of hooked me in on the deal was was they started talking about, uh, it was talk about safety. And, of course, they're, the context there is, uh, is horsemanship. How do we create a safe place for horses to do this, to do that, to learn, to... to <clears throat> advance our horsemanship all of this kind of stuff and and um so i i was just i'm just totally fascinated by that the 
that neuroscience. Dr. Peters is a neuroscientist. Now he's retired and living in Colorado these days. And, and we just had a great conversation. I felt like I was probably a intellectual infant when it comes to talking to him. But uh, same thing, I just put a few nickels in and I let him talk. But he talked about safety. You and I remember we've talked about safety in our yep. in our classes, in our interactions with people. We want people to feel safe around us. Absolutely. Horses want to feel safe. That's their number one deal, isn't it? And uh, so we talked about the neuroscience yeah, right. and neurochemicals, all that kind of stuff about safety. And and uh, let me check my notes here. Just hang on, just a moment. I took some notes when I on that webinar. Um, he talked about the window of tolerance. Remember that term, man. That's a that's a really and he he you can't see us here on this podcast, but he talked about the upper limit and the lower limit, and how you kind of bump that upper limit to get outside of your your so called window of tolerance. Some would call it a your comfort zone so you kind of test that a little bit and then come back into your comfort zone and stuff man does that ever have relevance to craftsmanship and artistry and living and you name it everything so yeah. as and as as we teach workshops and classes and and give critiques and and then put ourselves in positions i do totally relate to that yep yep it's uh well this whole whole podcast thing like we said before we could we could get our bare butt spanked here and doing this or but that's okay we are both out of our comfort zone pretty well although enough of us we've been, we've done enough teaching and stuff and been in front of a few people here and there where uh it didn't kill us <laughs> but it sure tested our our comfort oh. zone so but he talked about the the role of dopamine and and all of that uh, serotonin, two neurochemicals that are pretty critical to to our our advancement. That at the very end of the podcast, he said something that really wraps it up in a very very um, simple manner, um, and he said that learning is physical. When you start finding out learning about all these neurochemicals and what's going on physically with your brain as you learn, you realize it's a physical activity. And for the most part, we think learning all that's all mental, all under the hood, mysterious, this mysterious, that. But uh, when you start learning how the, how physical it is and the nuts and bolts of it, how it actually functions in a physical sense, then, then a lot of other things make sense. He he described um, how he had been around horses his whole life, but uh, somewhere along the way, he stumbled onto Martin Black, went to one of his clinics apparently, and and uh, got to know him pretty well. And and then they started comparing notes with horsemanship, and and uh, he described one time where he was telling Martin, "Well, I can tell by." these physical indicators that the, this horse has has uh, an overdose of, of a certain neural uh, chemical of some some type and and I, I know that this XYZ is going on and Martin says well 
how did you know that? Usually it takes me a thousand horses to, to, to come to understand what's going on with that. So what he described was uh, uh, they came together, they, they want to build a puzzle, and they each came with enough puzzle pieces to put the whole puzzle together, which I think is a good analogy. And I think there's an opportunity for us in craftsmanship to, to do some of that kind of stuff, is start gathering up more pieces of the puzzle to make this more of a complete package. It makes sense. It's coherent. Sure. Sure. Being one-dimensional is not going to get us anywhere, right? I mean, it takes the whole well, enchilada. That's, that's what he talked about was all these dendritic connections and stuff like that where you got people. Imagine a, a visual where you've got on, on the one hand, you've got very few neural connections and it looks like a tree it looks like a charlie brown christmas tree and and then on the other hand you got a forest of of neural activity and we literally by what we say what we do what we learn what we listen to what we watch all of that is building our very own brain hmm so when you say physical I'm assuming it's not the same type of physical as what my dad told me as I was a teenage boy learning how to flank calves and I was 500 deep into the day. He said, now you're starting to learn because you're tired and you've been getting the crap beat out of you and all that, right? I mean, I did learn a lot at that point, but that's not exactly what they're talking about, right? No, no. In fact, he talked about the importance of kind of being able to soak. And you, you see that with horsemanship. You also see it with ourselves too. Um, this whole this whole thought this is another fascinating thing to me. See here I am just rattling on. You couldn't put nickels in my machine, but uh, I. Uh, he talks about the the importance of being able to take breaks, and uh, instead of just. You know, the American way is to get a hammer in one hand and a handful of nails in the other and just start flailing 500 right. calves in. You know, you're, right. you're just throwing your body at things. That's what that right. is. That, ain't, that isn't what he's talking about at all. You know, in, uh, relate back to my college days, um, I wasn't one of those guys that could just cram, cram, cram. But if I did a little bit each day for a week before a test, I was a lot better off. Yep. He even talked about that on the podcast. He says, when you cram, and of course he had all the technological dark jargon and stuff on, on how that actually works inside your brain. But when you cram, you're a lot less likely to remember stuff over the long haul than if you just take small doses and uh, over an extended period of time, small doses is, is what's going to get you where you want to be. So we bring that back to our our morning drawings, right? Our morning explorative processes of drawing for, if nothing else, 15 minutes a day. Every day is going to be far more beneficial. And I can attest to this because I used to draw like crazy for two or three months and then wouldn't draw for six months. Well, when I started drawing every day, a little bit, not a lot, it was much more beneficial. Absolutely. That's exactly what he's talking about. He even said that at night, this is something I didn't know, but he said at night, your brain will continue to process uh, 
the information that's been fed your brain during the daytime, during your waking hours. Excuse me. And uh, <clears throat> he said, what it will do on its own is start to determine which information is information worth keeping and which is not. I didn't know that. Oh, no. At night, while yeah, you're I'm... sleeping, your brain has that capability of hanging on to information that will help you the next day. So it's important to have a lot of good, small experiences, small what I call personal victories during a day, and not and and those start stacking mm-hmm. one upon another. And uh, <clears throat> well, I'm not sure my brain has the ability to retain though. <laughs> it's a little so man when i go to sleep like i'm out and it just like, in the first that's three or a four good hours, thing that's a good you know, thing I think let that is, brain a, work like, well i don't know if it's working i feel like a <laughs> I, like i woke up the other night and, oh this was not the other night this was two or three months ago i woke up in the middle of the night and i was like and I was thinking about a, a, a business thing that I was contemplating and, and uh, here in the shop. And it's kind of a side hustle. And I was like, man, this is what successful people do. They they wake up thinking about these things. And that only happened once. So I'm back to not worrying about it. But we're not going to be successful. But that's very interesting that. So it, it like it, it filters out what you think you need and don't need. Yep. That's pretty much oh. what he was saying. The way I that's understood a, it anyway. Oh, that's interesting. I, and I wonder if it has something to do with, with the way, with where your interests are and what excites you and what gets you. Cause I promise I, for some reason I hear certain names and certain like people's names. I have a really hard time with, and I'm excited about meeting the person, but sometimes a name doesn't stick. And I'm like, why does that not happen? Right. I'm like, why am I not remembering that guy's name? And sometimes it's huge collectors or collector potentials. And I'm like, I got to remember this guy's name. Nope, they gone. I think that some, it still mm. comes down to you. You got to exercise that that ability, and oh. uh, yeah, I've known people will just throw their hands in the air. I can't remember anybody's name, but they don't even give it a try. I know. Sure. I don't want to place myself into some special category here, but thirty nine oh, years oh, no, ago, you are. this spring, he uh, I. I started business here in my little old town of Salmon, Idaho, and, and had a Main Street business, and I knew two people when I moved to town. I knew the guy that I had bought the shop out, and I knew the realtor that did the deal. And I knew at that point in time, <clears throat> I'd read books like Power Positive Thinking and all of that kind of stuff. I I overdosed on some of that kind of stuff. I knew that it was going to be really, really important to remember people's names. I was probably a piss poor saddle maker back then. Well, let's say I was a piss poor saddle maker back then, but I but I could remember <laughs> somebody's name, and the reason is I really really worked at it. If somebody came mm-hmm. in the, from the East Fork of the Salmon River one time, and before they left, I was committing their name to memory, and next time they walked in a few months later, I'd remember their name, and they'd be shocked that I could remember their name. Wow. <clears throat> Personal relationships, right? That's the first key That's to all personal all relationships. About. Yep. People matter. Mm-hmm. Got to make make it so that people matter. So, to 
here side street we'll bring it back to where to steve and dr steve and all that but uh, uh relationships and perceived value right i mean that's all you and i are selling carry is perceived value and, and i don't care what level of the game that you're at whether you're in mass production or um custom one-off like you and i do is it, it's just perceived value i got two dollars worth of steel and five hundred dollars worth of gold now how much is the perceived value and and when you make a personal connection with folks by remembering their name to start off with um there you go and i'll tell you so i i i suck at names right as i and i and i probably don't exercise that brain good enough i don't focus in on it because if i focus then it works but i make fun of myself all the time and not remembering names and when i have workshops there's certain people that i taught a class at art of the cowgirl drawing class there was a nice lady named barney in there I told Barney about 30 minutes in the class. And I said, for some reason, I'm wanting to call you Mary. So you just may be Mary the whole time. I'm <laughs> gum if I didn't call her Mary the whole damn class. <laughs> Waterhead. That's the way I deal with it. But but back to your back to Steve, right? And and what he was saying. Well, it, uh, <clears throat> I think that uh, I pretty much hit all the high spots. I think that I recall right now, but. I think uh, we can't overstate this safety thing. Um, I know I just got through with a class here about a month or so ago, and I know you you and I have talked about this before. People kind of got us on a pedestal and stuff. Then they sh- they shouldn't have us on a pedestal. <laughs> We're just I'm a farm kid from Idaho, and oh. you're a ranch kid from West Texas. I mean, it's. Yeah, we've been yeah. kind of putting one foot in front of the other and doing some pretty nice work sometimes and whatnot. But um, so there's a little bit of an intimidation but, factor when people walk into my yeah. my class. I get that. I understand. I'd be the same way if I went to Buck Brannaman Clinic or wherever, and I'd be I have the same intimidation thing going on. I promise you. So what's my job? I need to make these people feel safe. If they feel safe, then they'll learn. Absolutely, and uh, I think that's yeah, that's what I try I, to do with with you, all my relationships. I try to make them feel people feel safe. The one thing that I want people to understand from a peer standpoint is that they can do it too, right? Because um, no, I'm not special. I put my britches on just like everybody else. You did too. First day I met you, I was intimidated. I didn't know who the great Carrie Schwartz was. I never heard. <laughs> You're part of a big organization, though, that was pretty, pretty, you know, I mean, you were the NFR. As a rodeo kid, you were the NFR of the craft world. And I was like, yep, they're going to be assholes, just like everybody at the NFR. And as I've got to grow up and know that the people at the NFR weren't assholes either, they were just totally focused and committed onto their job and what they were doing. Um, now, I belong to the NFR in our craft world and yeah, I'm focused too. But the last thing I want somebody to do, and there were people that I rodeoed with that worked really hard at this too, is made sure that, that people around them weren't intimidated, felt welcome and, uh, and, and that they were approachable and, and you know, that safe, that safe thing is, that's, 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 uh, it's invaluable, right? I, I do believe that. I do believe that. Well, I, to I a want customers extent. to be that way too, right? I mean, pardon me. What do you just customers. say? I want customers to oh, not yeah. just. I, yeah. I want our customers to feel that way. Yep. We got a bit of a delay going on here, folks, in Idaho and Texas. It's cold somewhere, and so we're having. 
<laughs> four below this morning here. Don't Good tell God. me how how cold it is there. You know what? We were say 80, hot, but no, we were eighty five two three days ago, and we're high of 43, 44 today. So bad. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be a high of thirty three tomorrow. I think I saw in there this morning. So yeah, it's it's been a long cold bugger. But you know, you, you're talking about <clears throat> uh, safety and. <clears throat> how people perceive us <clears throat> excuse me uh, uh people talk about the you've heard this too oh you put in so many years of hard labor and and uh passion and commitment and stuff and every time i hear that i think are they talking about me and the reason is <laughs> i guess i'm i'm just a plotter and i i find yeah. I've been able to, I guess I can't say this about myself, I, I've been able to celebrate little successes along the way. I've been happy with little successes. So you put 40 years of little successes, one right after another, all of those came with a little dopamine hit. That didn't, looking back, it didn't look like hard work. I mean, I guess it was, but... It, but it, I, it maybe looks like it from a distance, but from my point of view, I'm doing what I love. I was going to say, why does work have to be a bad word? It's not a bad word. It's what you love. Well, and some of those things were I am. were hard. They were hard learning. They were hard to figure out. I had to. Re- you have to really apply yourself and and stuff like that. That sometimes that's hard. But uh, well, but there's a know, reward you know at the end of it. Yeah, and what's hard for a lot of people is to do it day after day after day, right? Um, and that's the key to it is is uh, is just I'm a bit of a plotter too. I just get up and go, and and I think the key ingredient to to success at the end of the journey, right? It's a journey, not a destination. Is uh, is to evaluate each day's celebration. And see what we're going to do tomorrow to make the celebration bigger or better. And, and some days there's not a celebration. That doesn't mean that there's not um, information to gain and learn and experiences to to, to build off of. So um, 20 years of experience or 20 years of the same experience. That's, that's a big key out there, too, is you can do the same thing every day. But if you're not building off of those experiences, you're not going to be much better 20 years later. Well, I think that <clears throat> that's just, uh, I think you just described a way of being. It's mm-hmm. not like you've, you've got to pull a rabbit out of the hat every day. It's just a way oh, of being every right. day. You ever, let me ask you this. You, have you ever been burned out? Ever felt burned out? Like you didn't want to go back in the shop on Monday? No, 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 but. Here recently, I have, I have, I want to make damn sure there was hope. I want to make damn sure there was, there was something to go for and build for. And if this was as good as it was going to get, I was pretty disgruntled. And, and there was some question, where are we going? How's this going to work? Um, within my own personal business. And, and, and that's, uh, I don't like that. I got to have somewhere to go and some place to do. Being in the shop was not a problem. Doing the same thing I was doing in the shop, that I, that's a problem. 
And if and if my world was not going to reward me the opportunity to build and grow and and reach out further, like if all they're going to give is ten or fifteen thousand dollars of time, right? And and then what we're talking about is paying time. But if people aren't going to let me uh, explore and go and do, that was very disheartening. And and and, and to jump forward. I, I, I'm as excited now as I've ever been. I, I think there's a huge opportunity. So n- to answer your question, not burned out. Just trying to figure it all out is Dis- where we're headed. Discouraged, maybe. Sometime. Yeah. yeah. yeah and I, I could say the same thing. I can't say I've ever felt burned out. I was always happy to get back in the shop. I wanted to get no. the weekend out of the way. Let's get something going here. And, and Yeah. Uh, but I've, I've had discouragement, too. Shoot, I remember in the... About 1993 or somewhere right in there, I just, I, probably the same things, what you were talking, you're just describing mm-hmm. there. Kind of, man, I don't know, this, is this thing going to hunt or what? You know, are we going to get this thing going or, or what? And I'll say this about you, though, Wilson. You're, you have, I think you, you got a little bit of a dose of impatience that is actually serving you quite well. <laughs> Better than me. I got a ton of I got this overdose of patience with myself that gets me standing in my tracks a little bit too too long. <laughs> well, maybe that's why we make a good podcast. Hopefully, it'll be a good podcast, but work together. But it's yes, I absolutely. Uh, I was in a in an Al Anon meeting one time working the twelve steps, Alcoholics Anonymous. Long story, not to tell the family deal here, but but. Uh, we were talking about patience. I said, "Man, I said I'm a, I'm driving a NASCAR and Jesus is riding a donkey. I'm doing circles. <laughs> Come on, let's go." <laughs> and I'm that way. Yeah, it's like, "Come on, let's see." Now, that's on one side of the equation, but the other side of the equation, boring routine. Get up, do it day in and day out. That's me. Just plonk, plonk, plonk along. So. I don't know, but I, I'm I'm banging on doors while I'm plunking along. I promise you that. <laughs> well, I'm I'm banging on doors too, but there are a lot more subtle probably than what what the, the way it works for you. But uh, damn, damn Texas. yeah, you you've got a whole podcast or two. We could talk about the Al Anon thing and uh, the things that you've oh, learned. Yeah. I've learned from you from your experience with that. So yeah. Well, partner, we burned up 30 minutes. We could go on all day the way we're going like this, but uh, heck, we'll. Uh, I, should we I think call it's perfect? It? Yeah, yeah, call it good. And, and uh, I think uh, I think it's awesome. I had somebody last week say they could listen to that that all day long, that type of conversation all day long. Well, we're going to test them. Right? We'll see how much they can listen to it. But I I appreciate it, and I, I look forward to these. Um, I look forward to what can happen here. You know, I mean, who knows? But perfect. I appreciate, you know, thank you for asking me. I'll say that right here with the first day. Thanks for asking me. That's cool. I you out of your cave. I'm just like a damn bass. Wiggle a little plastic in front of me and here I come. All right. right. We'll talk soon. Take care. Be good. See you. Adios.